For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional Cyber Savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems, redefining what's possible with 10th-gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories, plus enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. Hello, it is Friday, December 6, 2019. I hope you had the greatest week of your life, which is going to propel you into the best weekend of all time. I'll be at College Game Day tomorrow in Atlanta for the SEC Championship. I have no idea what I'll be doing on the television, but hopefully it'll be something that pisses Urban Meyer off. I don't like the guy. Took a shot at me for no reason. Never met him. Never met him. You know, heard stories. Obviously, we all have. Took a shot at me for no reason. I'm sure I'll forget about that at some point. Hmm, probably not. You know what I'll never forget? I'll never forget how awesome my first experience was with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth, and I'm sitting in my house all by myself, so nobody will answer. The moon. That's right. If you're going to buy tickets here on Earth or on the moon, you need to buy tickets from SeatGeek because SeatGeek scans all the other ticket buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best value for the tickets that you're purchasing. Not only do they have tickets for sports and concerts and comedy and theater and anything that could possibly need tickets, they have them at the best price. And you can shop with confidence because you're not going to get catfished like some other places. The ticket you buy is the ticket that you get. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live today. With the best sponsor in podcast history, our friends at SeatGeek. Right now, use promo code PAT. You get $10 off your first order. Promo code MAC if you get $20 off your first order. Holy shit. The holidays are around the corner. Give the gift of a live event to somebody. Send them to a concert. Send them to a comedy. Take them to a game. And buy those tickets from SeatGeek. Remember, let's have a little self-awareness. If we're rich, let's use promo code PAT. Get $10 off our first order. If we're not rich yet, promo code McAfee, get $20 off our first order. All right? Let's have a day. Enjoy the show. We're being joined now by a man who's a trailblazer in the blogging world. He has sold companies to both NBC and, I think, ESPN. The guy's a genius, the founder of Pro Football Talk, the man in the know, Mr. Mike Florio. Hi, Pat. Hey, I got. I got to ask you a question. Are we talking football today, or are we talking about jumping in lakes or going on roller coasters? Uh, <laughs> hey, what's up with that dude, Florio? There's no reason for that <laughs> bum to take a shot at me. I'm not even an employee of Game Day. Yeah, hey, listen. Uh, I I don't want to say anything's going to get me in trouble, but I thought it was funny, and I thought you handled it well. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Speaking of handling things well, I don't know how to handle the tweet that you put out this morning about something where you said, I have no inside info. This is just a feeling that Andrew Luck is going to be the starting quarterback for the Las Vegas team in the XFL uh, in 2020. Where did that come from, Florio? You have a big brain. You don't just make things up. Not in the XFL, in the NFL. Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, yeah, yeah, the law. Lo- oh, oh, oh! You think he's going? Yeah. Be- oh my God! I thought I read that. I thought it was an XFL. Why do you think he's going to be a quarterback for the Raiders in Las Vegas? Well, I think Derek Carr is not going to be the quarterback of the team next year. I think they seriously considered finding another quarterback this year. Mike Mayock, the GM of the team, basically said so when explaining why they kicked tires on Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins before the draft. Basically, there's an obligation to constantly look for upgrades. 
And if you find one at quarterback, you got to take it. you got to do what's right for the team. And I just don't think Derek Carr and John Gruden was ever a good fit. I think they've tried to make it a fit. I don't think it works. And I think they're going to look for whatever's out there. And I could see a guy like John Gruden getting obsessed with the idea of trying to talk to Andrew Luck out of retirement. Now, look, it wouldn't be easy to do. The Colts still hold his rights. And a lot of dominoes would have to fall the right way for it to happen. But if Luck wants to come back, I mean, the Colts have Jacoby Brissett. I don't see the Colts turning aside or benching Brissett just because Luck all of a sudden decides he wants to come back. And if they could get some sort of value in trade, everybody moves on. And this all hinges on Luck wanting to come back after a year out of football. But I could see Gruden being very relentless in trying to make it happen if he wraps his arms around the idea of getting a veteran quarterback, a smart guy who will be able to handle Gruden's offense, and a guy who will be sufficiently thick-skinned that he can take whatever abuse verbally Gruden wants to throw at him. You know, Gruden likes to abuse his quarterbacks because that's his way of simulating game conditions. So actually when they're on the football field, it's a relief because they, they don't have to listen to Gruden. And Carr isn't, I believe, strong enough to take that. And I think that's what's doomed that relationship from the start. I'm kind of surprised it's lasted two years. But, you know, if the Raiders are going to look around, why wouldn't you call the Colts and see what it would take to get Andrew Luck, if Andrew Luck could have his mind changed and come back and play and, you know, to be on the team going into Las Vegas. Again, if he wants to come back, if being away from a year, from football for a year has reignited that fire for him, it would be a, 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 it just makes too much sense to not happen if he decides that he's ready to come back. This is so interesting to me because I was thinking about going and kicking for a team. I chatted with you about that a little bit. And I talked to Chris Ballard after it all came and my knee blew up and I decided I'm going to go into the media world here. And he said, uh, he said, now, if you were going to go kick somewhere, that said somewhere was going to have to pay for you, pal. That's what he said to me. So I couldn't even fathom what it would be if Andrew Luck was to, if he was to give up Andrew Luck's rights to another team. That, that would have to be, I mean, that would have to be a pretty massive giveaway. And I don't know if they, do they have it? I guess they do because they got rid of Khalil Mack. They get rid of Amari Cooper. Do they have enough pieces to potentially make that play? Well, I mean, the question becomes, how reasonable are they willing to be, given that they, they, you know, they feel a debt of gratitude to Andrew Luck, and if he, if he doesn't play for someone else, they never have anything for him, right? And, and all he has to do is show up like Brett Favre did in 2008 when they were ready to go with Aaron Rodgers and say, here I am, deal with me, and then you've got a problem. You've got to figure out what you're going to do. If, if, so if he's determined to play, and again, that's the biggest factor in all of this. If he decides he wants to play, the Colts, I think, would be wise to try to maybe – spark an auction, get a couple of teams at the table. But, but the thing is, you know, for quarterbacks, they're going to be a little picky about where they want to go. This isn't Andrew Luck coming out of retirement, if he would ever choose to do it, to just come out of retirement and play for anyone. It would have to be the right spot. And when you look at what Rudin has done historically with, with veteran quarterbacks, guys like Rich Gannon, and Rich Gannon was never anything close to Andrew Luck, before he got connected with John Gruden, I just, I just there's just this weird. I could just see Gruden wanting to do it. I could see just the force of personality doing everything he could to try to make it happen. But you're right; they'd have to give up something probably significant. I don't know that it would take a first round pick, but you know, if your quarterback situation is unsettled, would you ship a first round pick to the Colts for Andrew Luck if you know he's really coming back and he wants to stay and uh, he's he's really serious about? playing i'd i'd strongly consider doing it i mean if i'm looking for a quarterback anyway i'd rather get a guy that i know can play than a guy i'm rolling the dice on i just feel like it's gonna be more than a first round pick personally i i i, I could be wrong you know more than i do but for me i feel like no it's- no, no 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 who knows who knows what you know chris ballard could draw a line in the sand and say no way in hell 
Well, and Jim Irsay could get involved and say, well, we're not releasing his rights. He plays for us or he plays for no one. If he wants to come back, he's playing for the Colts, and we will put Jacoby Brissett on the bench. Okay, interesting. Uh, hey, say say hello to the good boy back there for me. By yeah, the way. That's, that's Macy. Yeah, she's a good girl. She just oh, likes to bark right. when she hears me talking loud. Well, tell Macy I said hello. And uh, I, I, my dog had to go to the vet last night, so uh, got her taken care of. Had an allergic reaction. Daddy daycare this morning because mom was out of town. Had to make sure the house didn't go up in flames from all the animals. <laughs> I can absolutely feel you. All right, I want to fire a couple questions at you before we let you go. Know you're very busy. Thank you for getting on here, Jason Garrett. He's done after this year, right? Yeah, I think he's got to take the Cowboys at least to the NFC Championship game. They haven't been there since 1995. I don't see it happening. I don't see them winning on the road against a team like the Saints, the 49ers, or the Seahawks. So I think he's going to be done, and then who knows what Jerry's going to do next. Maybe he'll hire Urban Meyer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, is, uh, is Tom Brady going to leave the Patriots? Is he going to retire? What do you think is going to happen with Tom? He seems more upset than he has in the past. And is Josh McDaniels, the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, with Tom Brady as a quarterback for the Cowboys, a possibility? Oh, God, that would be something, wouldn't it? I don't yes. think the Cowboys are ready to bench Dak Prescott, though, or move on from him. I, look, I, I think, I think that, that – you know, all the signs are there suggesting that Tom Brady's frustrated and that maybe it is time to move on. I think he'd like to walk away with the Super Bowl championship. The question becomes, is he willing to just go somewhere else and make a money grab if there isn't that clear opportunity to win a Super Bowl? Because I, I can't find a spot for him where I would feel like he's definitely going to be in the mix. Unless Drew Brees retires and the Saints decide they want to do it for a year with Tom Brady before they'd hand it over to Teddy Bridgewater, assuming that they can evaluate Brady and conclude that he's still good enough. I mean, how much of the offensive struggles are on his shoulders? I don't know. Because, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it feels like sacrilege to say that Tom Brady may not be as good as he used to be, but the guy's 42 and maybe some of the performance this year is on him. But, you know, a team like the Chargers, I, they've got to do something to attract fans in L.A., whether it's Cam Newton, whether it's Tom Brady. And, again, I don't know that Brady's going to want to make a money grab, but if I'm the Chargers and Brady's available, I, I've got to consider that because he's going to sell a ton of jerseys, a ton of tickets, and, and this team is struggling to, to compete with the Rams in that market. And getting a guy like Brady, even for a year or two, he still says he wants to play until he's 45 or beyond, getting him for a year or two would go a long way toward helping the Chargers establish a footprint in L.A. We've been on the Chargers train since the beginning for Tom Brady. Not sure what's going to happen. We'll be excited to watch it. Okay, let's pivot. Ron Rivera became the second quarterback or coach fired this season. Who's going to be the third, and will there be another firing, you think, during the season? I don't know if there's going to be another one during the season. But of course, we didn't expect Ron Rivera to get fired during the season. I mean, there are plenty of guys who are on the hot seat. I think Pat Shermer is going to be gone when the season's over for the Giants. I think Freddie Kitchens needs to be very concerned about his future in Cleveland. I think one year is enough for them to come to the conclusion that he's butting up against the ceiling, that he's just not going to be able to bust through. And the Miles Garrett incident, I think, doesn't help when it's time to figure out is Kitchens the right guy for the job. And now that Rivera's available, Pat, with a month to go, mm-hmm. some of these teams are considering, hey, is there an upgrade out there? Ron Rivera's a guy that they need to consider. And all due respect to Freddie Kitchens, but between Rivera and Kitchens, I'm taking Rivera uh, seven days out of the week. All right, well, that's most of the days of the week. I appreciate that. <laughs> Mr. Florio, you can listen to him in the morning. You can listen to his podcast. You can read about him on Pro Football Talk. You're a legend. You're a paisan. Did you see The Irishman? Yeah, I still got to watch the last hour of it. That's a fight, man. Yeah, that, that, it's three hours, three and a half hours. What, do you, what, what does the human being do for more than three hours at a time other than sleep? Right? I watched the Irishman. Long movie. <laughs> I did yeah. it. I yeah. went, I did it in one sitting. A lot of vitamins were had, but I did it in one sitting. You Italians, I'll tell you what, you guys had your hands in everything in this country's history. 
Hey, let me tell you, the book is awesome too. I read the I read the book earlier this year, and I highly recommend the book. The, the book is better than I guess. So the book's always better Don't than the movie. It. But I heard you paint houses is is a great great book, and and the movies. What I've seen of it so far has been really good. I just can't find time to watch the last hour. I would like to let you know that on today's podcast, Pat McAfee Show 2.0, we interviewed Michael Francis in an hour-long conversation. He was a made man in the Colombo yep. family during that time. He said that old uh, Frankie is uh, lying about it. He didn't kill Hoffa. So there, there seems to be some lies being told in that whole thing, but I enjoyed the entertainment level of it a lot. We got to get to a break. You got to get to a podcast. I can't thank you enough. Ladies and gentlemen, Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio. Hey, bro. We are being joined now by the best ball striker I've ever seen, University of Texas grad, handsome opera singer, Baltimore Ravens kicker, has the highest field goal percentage in the history of the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. Big trust, Justin Tucker. What a stirring intro. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, I tried my best. How are you feeling? you got to be living large. You hit a beautiful ball to get a big win for your Ravens team that was a slugfest and a downpour this past weekend. Yeah, man. Dude, we're all stoked. Uh, coming into this game, we we knew the you know the stakes are high, and uh, you know we're starting to play December football, and uh, you know everything that we're working for. You, I mean, you, you know, you've been a part of some very, very good teams yourself. You know, you get to a point in the season where everything starts to matter more and more and more each each and every day. So to come out of this game against a very, very good and talented 49ers team, uh, and for us to put together a complete game and get a win. Uh, is definitely big time for us heading into December. Hell yeah, man. You guys are crushing it in all three phases. I mean, granted, Sam Cook doesn't show up much, doesn't get called much, but when he does, he executes at a very high level. I mean, your team right now is hot, and I, there was a candid moment that was caught on the sideline between Harbaugh and Lamar where Lamar was basically being told by Harbaugh that, hey, in 20 years from now, 15 years from now, kids are going to be wearing the number eight all over the place because of you. And he, then he said, that's why they love you. And he said, oh, I love you too, coach. He said, well, I said they, but I also love you. It seems like your team's chemistry right now is at an all-time high from Mark Ingram to everybody else. It feels like that team and you guys really care about each other. That's an X factor that I don't think gets talked about enough. Definitely, dude. Uh, yeah, this is a brotherhood, man. This is a family. As much as I've been a part of uh, in my time playing professional football, man, uh, I've been a, I've been lucky enough to be a part of some really, really great teams. You know, got a chance to win a Super Bowl my rookie year, and uh, this team that you know, we have right now has all the makings and all the potential to do great things. Um, you know, it's, uh, and, it, and it also helps that we, we, we all genuinely care about each other, uh, you know, w- with what we're doing on the field and off the field as well. I mean, you know, stuff that's not going to be talked about nearly as much as what we're doing on the field is, uh, you know, this time of the year, Thanksgiving, uh, you know, and uh, Christmas coming up. Uh, you know, the stuff that guys are doing off the field, like Brandon Carr with, uh, you know, holiday helpers and lit buddies. And, uh, you know, that's just one example. I could probably come up with like a, at least a dozen of them. But, uh, you know, if, if one guy has an event uh, and we're trying to give back to his community, uh, you know, and they ask, hey, who's available, who can come and support, there will be, you know, 20 guys hmm. at least at each one of these events that, uh, you know, one of our teammates is putting on. Um, and I think that speaks to the camaraderie that we have, the brotherhood that we share. And, uh, you know, when you have that in addition to, you know, the talents of the guys like Lamar Jackson and Marshall Young and Earl Thomas and Sam Cook and, 
you know, all, uh, you, you add that all together and you, you have a chance to do something really special. And Justin Tucker. I mean, I'll add you to that list. <laughs> Pretty Thanks, man. <laughs> I got you. Uh, what has been the biggest difference in Lamar Jackson, you think, from last year to this year, aside from your team buying in and getting the three tight ends and making a much different style of offense? Just personally, both on the field and off the field, what has Lamar Jackson changed from last year to this year? He has captivated the world right now. Many are considering him the best player on the planet right now, the most athletic person he walks on any field what has he changed the most you think in the last year that you've seen from inside the locker room yeah i would first of all i would certainly agree with you that he is absolutely one of the most dynamic players i've ever had the privilege of uh seeing up close and in person uh you know some of the stuff he's doing week in and week out is you know it's unbelievable I, i feel like every single week uh he's got you know at least one or two or three plays where you know the whole stadium is just shocked uh, at what he's doing. But, uh, you know, the I, I don't really know if there's a you know some significant difference from last year to this year. I mean, you know, look at last year. We won, what, like eight or seven out of our last, like, eight or nine games or whatever the numbers are. Uh, you know, and that's largely, you know, due to the fact that Lamar Jackson is playing really well for us. Um, you know, so... As far as there being any sort of significant difference from last year to this year, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, That's awesome. I, he's, I think from the moment he came in, he was playing well, uh, and you know, like you said, the, it seems like we're, you know, as an organization, doing so much to bring out the best, uh, you know, not only in him but uh, everybody around him, and you know, this whole team. So. Uh, yeah, man, I, I I'll just leave it at that. I think he's a winner, and he's he he started proving that right off the bat, and he's obviously continuing to do so this year. Yeah. It's really cool to to see up close and in person. That's beautiful to see the guy hasn't changed, especially with all the success, and it's only going to keep continuing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even fathom the amount of commercial opportunities he's going to get this upcoming offseason. He's about to get broken off by everybody, <laughs> and he, I don't think it's going to matter because of how athletic he is. Let's talk about you a little bit. You're going to be a Hall of Famer, and uh, that's something that is not easy to accomplish as a kicker. You're a guy who has stepped up in big situations and been able to rise to the occasion, which is very important in the kicking world. The difference between good and great in kicking is consistency. You've been the most consistent guy in the history of the NFL. What is going through your mind before you kick a ball? Are you completely empty-brained, or you have thoughts and triggers that you're thinking about? Yeah, man. You know, it kind of varies from – it kind of varies from kick to kick, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, sometimes I might be feeling just a little bit more, whatever those feelings are, you know. I could be feeling nervous or even scared or excited or confident or a combination of all of those things all at the same time uh, in varying degrees from kick to kick. But, uh, you know, I've been, I've been saying this for the last however long. All of those feelings, they're they're important to acknowledge that they're there so you can put them aside and focus on the task at hand. At the end of the day, the only thing that really matters in those moments is hardly what you're feeling, but it's uh, those 1.3 some odd seconds between the snap, the hold, and the kick, and just putting the ball through the uprights. Uh, you know, and, you know, that, that, that's it's a little bit easier said than done. Um <laughs> Not, you know you can you. <laughs> you know you can talk about you know focusing but you you, it, you have to focus on focusing it's like this super meta mm. concept that uh you know 
I think the true greats that have played this position or you know anything similar to it, right? Like you know the like the greatest kickers of all time, like the you know Morton Andersons and Adam Vinatieri's and the greatest closers in baseball, like Mariano Rivera, and uh, you know you could you could go on and on with you know the guys who perform well in quote unquote clutch situations, uh, crunch time situations. You know, I I think every single one of those guys would probably say something similar. You know, there's, you know, there's feelings. You got to put them aside, and you just got to focus on your technique. You know, focus on the action and not the consequence. And we've been Ooh. fortunate enough to do that at a at a high enough level where we've converted. And I emphasize we. You know, Morgan Cox, Sam Cook, and and myself, and everybody blocking for us over the years. We've we've made a lot of kicks because we've. You know, kept it as simple as possible, but it's that whole simple is not easy thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that was, by the way, nice little trip into the brain there of a guy <laughs> who is going to be, yeah, you're going to be studied in the future. I hope you know that. And that's something that I assume you appreciate and enjoy. You're in the moment. You can't really think about it. Going out for that Niners game winner, it seemed like there was a little left to right wind. What was the thought going in there? Yeah, so um, we pick out a small target line through the uprights based on everything that we can gather in pregame and throughout the game, for that matter. So uh, going to the left of our bench, uh, pretty much the whole game, there was a driving rain with uh, left-to-right wind. What's actually kind of, uh, in a sense, kind of nice about the fact that it was raining consistently throughout the game is you can see the which direction the wind is going. Oh. and normally you can't do that in our stadium you just kind of have to feel it and hope that you're right when you line one up and you you know you try to kick it through so uh being able to see which direction the the raindrops are flying across the uprights uh certainly helped us in picking our aiming point but we have uh you know this massive jumbotrons on either end of the stadium and when we're kicking field goals they have uh a graphic put up on there that just says M&T Bank Stadium and uh there's you know the it's a like a black background with white lettering and uh Sam and I picked out the right edge of the D which would have been the left third of the uprights so uh given the conditions with you know the rain and the the field was pretty chewed up at that point it's just about staying light on your feet getting your studs in and out of the ground with the plant foot uh contacting the sweet spot of the ball as best as possible and trying to hit that right edge of the the, the letter D there on the scoreboard. And uh, that's, you know, that's, that's what we did, and we, we got out of there with a, a, you know, a very big win for this program. Yeah, massive win. I aim, mean, aim small, miss small. Aim small, miss small. That's the whole game. I love that. We, Vinny and I used to aim at drunk guys, but I, I appreciate <laughs> you guys go at stadiums. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting, but I just want to let you know that the holiday season is now in full swing. And as fun as it is to eat good food and spend time with the family, all the cooking, gift shopping, and traveling can be downright exhausting. But don't you worry about it. CBDMD has you covered with a powerful sleep product that can help you get the quality rest you need to survive the holidays. This product that CBDMD has created has saved my life, and it has become something that the office scrums over. Whenever we get a delivery of this at the office, everybody's fighting for a bottle of the CBDMD PM because CBDMD PM 
blends 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD with melatonin, valerian root, chamomile, and other sleep-promoting ingredients to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. I use it literally every night. I used to be addicted to like Advil PM, Tylenol PM. I was never a good sleeper because my mind never turns off. As you hear, I talk fast, which means our brain's operating even faster, and it never shuts down. I always got dumb ideas. I hey, maybe some good ideas. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll try to take over the world here. We'll try to have fun doing this. And it's just hard to sleep. I'm sure other people can relate. If you just fall asleep easily at night, I have so much envy of you. But for me, the CBDPM from CBDMD has been something that I take 30 minutes before I want to go to bed, and it legitimately passes me the fuck out. And I'm thankful for it. And to make it even easier, try CBDPM or any of CBDMD's premium CBD oil products. For listeners of our show, they're giving 20% off the next order when you use promo code McAfee at checkout. Stop by CBDMD.com, use promo code McAfee at checkout, and get 20% off. Remember, CBD Relief help you sleep better. The CBDPM and also an entire line of CBD products from CBDMD that help your body feel better, help you recover better, help you sleep better. All these things from gummies to tinctures to this to that. CBDMD is the place to go. CBDMD.com, promo code McAfee at checkout, 20% off anything. I highly recommend the CBDPM. I think you will love it as well. CBDMD, don't worry about it. They're the best. That's something that I don't think a lot of people know about. Your holder is like your caddy. And a holder can make a kick and miss a kick for you, too. I don't think a lot of people know that. I explained that during the Alabama kick this past week, and the ball was leaning towards the kicker. He's handicapping that kicker at a massive rate there. Well, I mean, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right when you say the, the kicker – or the, the holder, rather, is similar to the, you know, that of a caddy on the golf course. I mean, when you have a guy, you know, like uh, – uh, you have a guy like myself, I'm like a – you know, bouncing like a balloon on a string type of personality, you know, and then uh, Sam absolutely balances me out. And, uh, you know, having having those, the, the, just the personalities, right, you know, having that balance out there is important. You know, like uh, Sam will, you know, out on the practice field, he'll, be, he'll, he'll either fire me up or calm me down or whatever he needs to do to get me to put the ball through the post. And, um uh, you know, Sam being able to, uh, you know, Sam just being that guy and also being incredibly skilled at what he does as a, you know, this as a, as a punter and a holder, you know, that's not like a 80, 20 job. It's a, you know, it's a 100, 100 job. Uh, Sam being able to catch with his hands in poor conditions and spot the ball consistently uh, you know, with each and every kick is something that uh, I don't think any of us around here take for granted, and uh, you know, I certainly do not. Well, uh, the the Wolfpack is very impressive over there. You Cox and Cook are a tag team, a triple uh, a triple threat that is honestly something that hasn't been matched in this NFL. It's been fun to watch. Couple quick questions before you let you go. Uh, Anthony DeGilio here, Diggs uh, was wondering if you go to Texas, do you just automatically get Matthew McConaughey's number? <laughs> <laughs> uh you know it, it's funny i did uh i've met him a couple times super nice guy very down to earth really really cool all right, uh, all right. and uh met him a couple of times in austin at you know various uh events like he and mac brown and jack ingram have this great charity group mac jack mcconaughey and i've been to their event uh over a weekend 
and the work that they do is really, really great, you know, helping a lot of kids out. But, uh, you know, got, getting a chance to meet him and kind of shoot the bull with, with him a couple of times, and even at practices when I was playing at Texas, he would, you know, he would come around and be at practice and share a word with us. Um, but, uh, you know, having had a chance to meet him, meet him a handful of times, and then this preseason – uh, running into him in Washington, which I don't know. I don't know. I need to ask him about that. Like, how are you a fan of the the Washington Redskins? You know, you're a you're a Texas guy. Like, I, I, that that doesn't add up to me. We'll we'll have to figure that one out. Are you questioning McConaughey? <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that I am. Oh. So yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have a conversation about that. But uh, no. Uh, Having uh, having a having chance to you know meet him and you know know that he is a supporter of the Texas Longhorns and everybody that's come through there, it's really cool, man. That's beautiful. Uh, Ty Schmidt wanted to know because it has been talked about uh, not a, not a lot, but it has been mentioned a couple times. You're an incredibly talented opera singer. Is that something? Could you do any style of singing, and are you going to release a record or two? <laughs> uh, you know the whole me singing opera, and, and everybody wants to tag along or uh, you know add on to that. The the uh, he sings opera in seven different languages, and I just want to put it out there, you know, because you guys have like a massive following. So maybe this will actually uh, stick this time because I've said it a couple times before. But being able to sing in like a the classical style, it you know people just want to say sing opera, but uh, it's really if I wanted to get specific and technical i would say it's the bel canto style of singing and uh singing in that style in seven different languages is actually like super common like it's actually probably the standard it'd probably be closer to eight languages Uh, (laughs) and like so if 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 I was at the, you know, while I was at the University of Texas, uh, taking voice lessons and earning my degree in music and all that stuff, right? I could be walking through the Butler School of Music and swing my backpack in a circle, and I would hit ten musicians that are like significantly more talented than I ever could be. So, I think the fact that I happen to kick a, a kick a ball straight a lot of the time and sing in what people think is like a lot of languages. Uh, I guess it's kind of. I guess it's pretty cool. But <laughs> Tucker, day, shut up, Tucker, really Tucker, Tucker. As much as everybody hey, else, you know, hey, in the shower and in the car. Hey, listen. <laughs> you swing that backpack. You might hit a lot of people that are better at singing or music than you, but you didn't hit a single person that's probably the best of all time at a different thing and also do that. Stop underselling yourself. I can't even speak seven different accents, <laughs> let alone languages. Well, you know, you might be right with part of that. Like, yeah, like I'm not gonna. I don't think many of the other music students at Texas were as good at kicking a ball as I was. <laughs> uh, could you sing, um, like, let's say, whenever you're done here in, what, 10 years, however long it is, and old Justin Tucker wants to do a country album. Is that something that you see in your horizon, or are you done with it only to do it for special occasions? I'm kind of just going wherever the wind takes me at this point, man. You know, one foot in front of the other and every other cliche I could come up with. Uh, and I say, you know, wherever the wind takes me, that's usually uh, wherever my, my son Easton and my wife Amanda are, uh, you know, wanting to go. And oftentimes it's Chick-fil-A uh, or Chipotle. So I'm just going you know, go to go to Chipotle, get quesadillas and guac with, with, with my little guy and uh, enjoy that as, you know, as uh, that – becomes more of a more and more of a thing towards the uh 
quote unquote back nine of my career. But it's funny, you know, over the last like year, I don't know why, but over the last year, I've been asked more and more about uh, the end of my career, and I'm like, dude, I'm st- I, I, hopefully I'm still on like the front nine. You know, I'm still yeah. uh, chasing the, you know, like the goat Adam and Morton and you know John Carney, like Matt Stover, Phil Dawson, those guys all. You know, putting together twenty plus years of high, high quality football. I mean, yeah, I'll just, I'll just keep, I'll keep singing in the, in the car and in the shower until I'm, uh, you know, at year twenty. You know, knock on wood that I, knock on wood if you're with me, man. Maybe I can get there one day. <laughs> I respect that. Uh, I can't thank you enough. When you do that album, I'm excited for it. I don't care what year it is. I'll probably be retired again at that point. <laughs> Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, best kicker in the game, a guy who wins games is going to have to win some here down the stretch. I assume it's going to get close. Good luck in the playoffs. Baltimore Ravens kicker, Justin Tucker. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me, bro. Cheers, dude. Hey, man, are you still there? Yeah. You look thinner than you've ever looked. Is that accurate? I look thinner. Yeah, fitter. I I should say fitter instead of thinner. Oh, fitter? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still I'm still at like 183.0, man. I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe it's, I, I've been I've been trying new stuff like trimming up the beard a certain way. You know, that's probably that's probably yeah, it. That was <laughs> it. That was it. That's it. All right, thank you, Tuck. Appreciate you. Man. <laughs> All right, you got it, Pat. Later, dude. See, so, yeah, he's so good at kicking balls. Yeah, so good. you got to focus on focusing. I think we just talked about this yesterday, literally. Yeah, we literally just talked about this yesterday because we did that XFL ball toss mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people were asking how many takes was it. It was seven, seven. Mm-hmm. It was seven takes, and the first six I was just throwing it right. I was just throwing it, trying to get it in, and then on the seventh one I was like, "All right, actually try to get it in here." Like I was like, like "Actually try to get in there." So you tell yourself to actually focus. That's a very interesting thing to hear him say that because it literally just happened two days ago. Uh, what a good conversation with mm-hmm. that guy. By the way, he's going to be a country musician at some point. Somebody's going to talk him into it. Might as well. Might as well. He's from Texas. He has the look. Put a ball cap on him. Yep, for sure. He In the offseason, he kicked balls and make a few millions singing country songs. It's sell only a matter it, of Sell time. it to everyone in Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore. Oh. We weren't in country until, uh, <laughs> until our kicker that's unbelievable started singing. He is so good at kicking balls. So good at it. You know every time he goes out that it's going to be a big. And, that's, and that when sucks. he misses, it's big news. Like, when he misses, he actually has to have a press conference about it. Correct. Like, the last couple times he's missed, they've called him in for press conference. They're like, what happened? He's like, oh, I just missed. <laughs> what are, you, are, you, are you okay? Are you, that's what, literally, he missed an extra point or something uh, last year, and he literally had to have a press mm-hmm. conference about why he missed it. He was like, I don't know, man, I'm sorry. I'm like 99.9%. <laughs> Sam Cook, very good. Morgan Cox, very good. That Baltimore Ravens team, mm-hmm. very, very, very good. They're at Buffalo this weekend. He's yeah. going to have some tough conditions up there at Bills Mafia. Buffalo is plus five and a half this weekend against the Ravens. How do we feel about it? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I think I like it. You like Buffalo plus five and a half? I think so. All right, let me hear why. I don't know if I have re- Baltimore uh, big spread last week. I-, I feel like it could be a kind of a similar game. Bad conditions in Buffalo. Uh, tight. Buffalo plays everyone tight. Josh Allen looked good last week. Five and a half is a lot of points. It is a lot Five of and a half point home dog. I don't know. Buffalo's been very good. 
Yeah, they have been very good. Under the radar, sneaky good, too, right. by everybody, including us. We mm-hmm. didn't talk about them that much and as much as we probably should have because we have a lot of fans in Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to let you know we appreciate the Bills Mafia. Always give a lot of credit to Bills Mafia who stuck with this team, and it seems like this year it's all paying off for them. It seems like the Buffalo Bills are an actual squad. Now, granted, Jerry World was up in arms there whenever they get the win down there, but they Josh Allen's playing well. That defense is good. If that defense can stop Lamar Jackson – then it's going to be a close game, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of the way it goes. Yeah. But if you can't stop Lamar Jackson, and, and by stopping Lamar Jackson, I mean slow him down. Right. You're not going to stop him. I mean, last week he had 100 and 100, and they mm-hmm. slowed him down yeah. technically, so he's going to do well. Six-minute, 30-second um, uh, drives, too, and everything like that. I mean, it's just it's only a matter of time before Lamar Jackson pops one off, but that Buffalo Bills team has been playing very well up there. Do very, I, very well. Do I think the Ravens are six points better? Yes. Yeah. But can the Ravens have a down week after an emotional game against the 49ers? Exactly. And the Bills have three more days to prepare? Possibly. Plus five and a half is a lot. Yeah. I'm not betting it. I'm no, leaning no, away same. from it. The Bills are 14th against the rush, too. So I could see them having a lot more problems against this team than we think. The Bills are 14th against the rush? Yeah. Okay, so that means Ravens probably going to do well. They're number one. Raven. I'm hammering Ravens. I Ravens think. are 4-1-1 against the spread away games as well. Great stats, boys. Made my choice. I just flipped completely there in 10 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I interrupt this incredible conversation to let you know that Mercari, the selling app, has made it super easy for real people to sell and ship their unused things. We all have things we don't use, never used, or simply outgrew, but that stuff still has value. Mercari gives you the power to simply sell it, ship it, and earn some cash for it. Fashion to toys, sporting goods to electronics, all the brands you know and love, the mission is simple, to make selling easier than buying. And with 45 million plus downloads in the United States and 150,000 new listings every single day, Mercari is just getting started. Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, all made up days to get you to buy stuff. But have you heard of Sell Your Shit Sunday? Well, it's a day to sell the stuff you don't use anymore. Created by Mercari. Mercari is the selling app that makes it fast and easy to sell almost anything. You just take a few pics, add a description, and whammy! Your item is listed. Download the Macari app and sell your shit today. The day may be made up, but the money is real. That's Mercari. M-E-R-C-A-R-I. Download and sell your shit. Make some money off that stuff you don't use anymore. Use Mercari. Uh, the Colts claimed a new kicker, Chase McLaughlin, uh, from the 49ers, who was in relief of Robbie mm-hmm. Gold. Uh, the Patriots also put in a claim for him, but the Colts are higher up in the waiver due to their record. So, or the Patriots wanted him because of Nick Folk's injury. Then they had Kai Forbath, who I have no idea how he got that job. Now they are without a kicker going into the weekend. Hilarious. Unless Folk can get healthy, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I'll be excited to see. Maybe Jake Bailey, their punter, will kick. I'm not 100% sure. But for the Colts, I put my ear to the ground, phoned some people, and I was like, Excuse me. Don't you think I should be told? <laughs> like, isn't this something I should be? I go on. I'm, I'm one of the only people that go on a lot of big shows and talk about the Indianapolis Colts on a regular basis. This is something I'm pretty well. Don't you guys think that you should give me a heads up if you guys are thinking about bringing in another kicker? And I was told, no. <laughs> Which I respect and appreciate. I got on very quickly. Uh, I heard Vinatieri's knee. He has had an injury that 
sparked up so they were like all right we have to do something but they did cut another player to make room for this guy on the roster so if they're going to cut Vinatieri or send him to IR or something like that they wouldn't have cut the other guy to make room for the roster I'm not talking nobody's giving me anything by the way which I don't know if I respect or hate I, I I think I respect it, I guess, because you hate rats. You respectfully hate it. <laughs> yeah, I respectfully hate it. I respect it, but I hate that they're not giving me any intel. I have not gotten a text from the GM, which I would expect if we're going to make moves like this. <laughs> but I have not gotten to, I didn't text Vinny. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to put him in a situation. So I don't know anything from anything. All I do know is that they wouldn't have cut another guy to make room for another player if they were going to make a move to either send him to IR or going to whatever was going to happen. I would assume that that wouldn't happen unless they just wanted to get rid of the guy, which the other guy, which I'm not 100% sure. But for me, this is just a statement that Vinny's knee is hurt. We all have seen the performance this year has not been up to Adam Vinatieri's standards. Now, granted, this past week he had three misses, two of them being blocked. Only one of the block was his fault. The other one, the guy got in the backfield before he even got a chance to kick it, basically. The 55-yarder, you don't see a lot of people hit 55-yarders, and he hit that ball well, just drifted to the right. So the miss was bad. He's had a lot of misses this year, though. This has not been Vinatieri's best work. I will not disagree with everybody that's saying that, but in this particular case, I have no idea how it's going to turn out. I have absolutely no clue. What do we got left? How many weeks we got left? Four? Uh, yeah. yeah. Four weeks left in the season. You're bringing a guy. I have no idea. It's very interesting. About 7,000 tweets came to me as soon as it was announced last night. Like, oh, what are you going to say about this? What are you going to say about this? To be honest, I have no idea. I have no clue what's happening, and nobody's giving me any information, which I hate. Yeah, I mean, Vinny had an MRI on his knee, so yeah. it's, not like, it's not like this I mean, is a move this. because... When my knees... Now, granted, my only hobby as a child was kicking a soccer ball against the wall, uh, the side of my house, right? <laughs> I didn't play video games... I didn't watch TV. I had never seen a Disney movie until a couple years ago. I mean, my only hobby was just blasting a soccer ball off the side of my house. So let's assume that my knees have gotten more reps in kicking things than possibly any human in the history of existence. And that's, that's just what I did for fun was just blast a ball off a wall for hours at a time. And granted... It helped me immensely. I, I mean, I kick a soccer ball 124 miles an hour. That got me a lot of places. I got to travel the globe playing soccer strictly because I had the strongest leg. Didn't always have the best conditioning, but they would bring me in late in the second half and say, hey, pal, need a big one out of you. I would do that. I got a chance, obviously, to kick a 65-yard field goal, miss a 70-yard field goal coming out of high school because of this, and got a scholarship to West Virginia, go and do my thing, miss a couple kicks there, make a lot of kicks, miss a couple, get to the NFL, punt, made uh, enough money to take care of everybody in my life, basically. So so that hobby of mine definitely helped but my knees took a real beating through this my hips whenever i was in the nfl like year five my right hip i thought i tore my hip flexor i guess i just had a bruise on there or something like that it came up your body whenever you're doing something that's so explosive a lot of people underestimate the amount of explosion that is needed to kick a ball to generate enough force to get a ball to propel off of your foot and travel 60 yards 50 yards things like that it's a lot of explosion yes the thought of kicking a ball is easy ninja the thought of, not just Ninja, by the way, Ninja speaks for a bunch of people that have been talking about football forever because commentators have made it sound like it's the easiest thing because in comparison to all the other positions in football, it is much easier physically than all those positions. You're not ramming your head into things. You're not blocking people. You're not tackling people on a regular basis. You're just kicking a ball. But to do that act, it takes a lot of explosion. That's why you take the average Joe and you say, hey, here's a football, throw it. 
and they throw it well. And okay, you throw them back and they catch it. It's like, okay, here's a golf club, hit a golf ball. They can hit a golf ball pretty far. They can't control it, but it can go a little bit of a distance. Give them a Frisbee, they can throw it. Give them a baseball, they can play catch. But you ask them to kick the ball or punt the ball, they stink at it. That's just the way it is. So to say that kicking is easy, I think, although the act of it is potentially easy in comparison to other positions in football, but to be good at it, you have to have a lot of explosion. You have to be able to move something at a rapid rate. And to do that, a lot of your joints take a beating. That's why Vinatieri kicking here into, what, 46 years old is so impressive to me. The fact that his joints have been able to handle the wear and tear and the beat up to get to this age. Jeff Fiegels did it. Morton Anderson did it. Gary Anderson did it. These guys that can play in this explosive position that by the way once you do it you have to go sit for probably 30 maybe 45 minutes and come back out and be explosive again much like a uh i don't even know what it's like i don't even i don't even know the comparison really I don't, I don't think there is a comparison to it so the fact that his joints have held up he's had a lot of surgeries he had surgeries on his knees he had surgeries on his hips these are things he rehabs his warm-up process is something that's like two hours long even for practice, he has like a two-hour-long routine that he has to do so he can go out and kick and not muscles and ligaments tear apart. So the fact that his knee is hurting is something that I would have expected years mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. So now I think we're potentially seeing the residual effects. Uh, and I think hindsight, we can look back and assume that there might have been something wrong with him. His body wasn't generating uh, or acting a full cylinder like we it has in the past. But for this, the MRI on the knee... The year that he's had, I mean, Vinatieri is going to have to have a real conversation with himself. And I am not envious of him mm. in that moment where he's going to have to talk. And maybe he'll come back. Maybe he'll dominate next year. Maybe he'll do all that. But for me, if Vinatieri's knee is very hurt and he's not able to kick the rest of the year and Chase McLaughlin's the kicker, I think what we should all do is just thank Adam Vinatieri for his service, for everything he's done. I'm excited for his future. I'm not going to try to lean him any different direction. I don't know what the hell he's going to do, but I am a little bit worried that they brought in another guy off of waivers because that probably means that he is not able to go this weekend, which could potentially lead into others, or maybe it's just one weekend he takes off and he comes back and finishes this thing off. I don't know. We'll see how it all works out. And then on, on the other side, for the Patriots, like they have no kicker. Nick Folk, the game before he had the appendicitis or whatever, was two of four, and that was against Dallas in a close game. When the Patriots' offense is struggling and they're winning these close games, like that's a real issue. For, that's a for the first time in a long time they have a, a real issue in a, the special teams. A department. glaring issue. That's a big. They've been through a couple now, right? Mm -hmm. And Goskowski was getting booed out of the building up there because he missed a couple kicks. Turns out he's got like no ligaments in his, yeah. his left knee or anything like that. So he's battling as well. And when you're talking about half inches of things we're talking about half inches of things happening in milliseconds whenever you have one thing off or one thing hindering you a little bit if you just hit the ball a little fat it's a miss to the left you hit the ball a little thin it's a miss to the right so you got to really be humming at things and that's now granted these are all excuses i'm making for other people just step up and kick the ball through the uprights is something that they have to do that's what they're being paid to do but whenever you start thinking about the minute little things that are happening especially whenever you're talking about with something with such detail an injury can really affect some things and i, I don't know Vinny has not said this. He's not said it to me. I'm assuming that the knee is hurt probably all, all year. He took a couple weeks off in training camp because the knee has been hurting. And uh, maybe we're seeing the effects of it. But I would assume he's not kicking this weekend because they bring in Chase McLaughlin. It also just magnifies how small the pool
pool of good guys available is because we don't see new guys coming out. It's a guy like, oh, he's had two mm-hmm. other stops this year. He's done this this year. It's not just like some random guy coming out of nowhere getting an opportunity. You get into this kicking carousel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You get into this kicking carousel where you're in a pool of kickers that they bring in for a workout. It's always the same people. And then they pick whoever had the best day. Okay, you're coming. Let's hope you get hot. Let's hope you get hot. And if you don't get hot, cool. We'll take you out. We'll bring in another. We'll do it. It's just kind of like you're finding your guy. I mean, it's happened everywhere. Anytime you see a, a kicker leave, there's a good chance it's going to take one or two before they find one that they get stuck on. Graham Gano was on like three teams before he got hot with the Panthers. Now Joey Sly's there. Graham Gano's probably going to have to find a new home. Down at the um, the Buccaneers, oh, obviously. They've, had, yep. so many. they've mm-hmm. had problems. The Steelers had problems before they found Boswell. I mean, the Patriots are having problems this year. I mean, it's very difficult to find because in these workouts and on the internet, Internet, you cannot simulate what's going to happen. You cannot simulate that a game with millions of dollars, millions of fans, things happen. You can't simulate it, and it's all in between the years. Every once in a while, a guy's going to get hot. Every once in a while, a guy's going to get cold. That's why you can even see Tiger Woods has droughts. That's just the way it goes. Whenever you're dealing with such small things that just have to go wrong for it to be a failure. I mean, these types of things are going to happen. People take it for granted, but there is nothing like having a good kicker that you know when he goes out is going to is going to hit the kick. There's yeah. nothing like it. Yeah. It's he, so nice. College football, NFL, all footballs. If you have a guy that you're like, all right, this guy's going to put the ball through. Last year for the Steelers, Boswell had an off year, and it was mm-hmm. the, the first time in Boswell's career that – a lot of Steelers fans, when he would come on the field, like, oh, no, here we go. This year, though, Boswell's He's hitting back. the ball well. So back. He comes on. It's like, all right, we got a guy. Tucker, they feel like that. There's only a few kickers in the league where I think their, their team and their fan base is like, all right, we got a guy. Dan Bailey, by the way, he was not picked up by a couple teams whenever he was going through the yips. He had a heck of a career with the, the Cowboys. He gets mm-hmm. cut there. He goes to workouts for teams. They don't sign him. So that means he wasn't hitting the ball well. Now he's back to hitting the ball well for the Vikings, and that's going to help them down the line, I'd assume. But it's tough. You get rid of a guy, Jason Myers, who's with the Seahawks right now. He was a pro bowler for the Jets last year. A pro bowler. And they just let him walk out of the building. And now they got their problems. They're on like their kicker five. They got an insurance salesman mm-hmm. kicking balls right now. <laughs> and the Seahawks are like, excuse me? You're just going to let that guy walk out of the building? We'll take him. It's a tough position to make sure that you're secure in. Very tough. The Patriots got no They don't even have one. They practiced Wednesday without a kicker. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we'll find somebody. What if Julian Edelman's kicking? <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Quick question about kicking. Yeah, buddy. Is leg speed something that's recorded by analytic people? Mm. I don't know. They always do like ball speed off the foot. Like swing speed for golf? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but leg speed, that's where it all comes from. That's the explosion. Yeah, explosion, exactly. Yeah, so for me, I was a big leg speed guy because I couldn't touch my toes. There's some (laughs) people, though, that are like super levers where they utilize the science and they have long legs. Like Thomas Morstead of the Saints, his, his hips are at my chest. Like his legs are so long. So he utilizes these big old legs and gets it going. For me, it was all just brute force. Let's see how fast we can go. Probably also why my knees just got shredded. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Tucker, you see those pictures we were showing earlier. His heel is like touching the middle of his back when he's kicking. Yeah, yeah. You got to get that whip. Mm-hmm. Whip. Got to get that leg to whip. <laughs> whip. Whip. Imagine if I was kicking this year, by the way. That was a very real possibility. <laughs> I, I would have. Thank God you didn't. Thank yeah, you'd have been physical. I would have faked some heart complications. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Stop me if you've heard this before. But I hate Steven Singer. You heard me. I hate Steven Singer. There's this guy in Philadelphia you've been hearing about. If you've been to Philly, you may have seen the billboards or heard him on the radio. I hate Steven Singer. What does this even mean? Well, this time of year, 
Most other jewelers love to hate on Stephen. Why? Because Stephen has the most beautiful, best-valued diamond studs anywhere. And I mean anywhere. Not ready to pop the question? This is the gift that will buy you time. And diamond stud earrings are the number one must-have gift this holiday. You can choose a great pair of Anita diamond stud earrings for under $270. And they're the best quality as well. Bright white with tons of sparkle. Don't settle for cheap diamonds that look like frozen spit. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler you can trust. Steven Singer Jewelers. Steven also gives everyone a full lifetime trading guarantee. That means you can trade up your diamond studs or full for full value anytime. Christmas shopping done. All at the perfect price. And with fast and free shipping nationwide, it makes holiday shopping easy. Visit the real Steven Singer at the other corner of 8th and Walnut and Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Real diamonds, real experts, real jewelers, Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. I-H-A-T-E-S-T-E-V-E-N-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. He described to me... His company is like if Tiffany's met Walmart. Incredibly good product at an incredibly good price. Diamonds. A girl's best friend. Diamonds. An incredible Christmas gift. Diamonds. Full-on romance. And right now, at incredible value, you go to IHateStevenSinger.com and they could find some for free shipping and a lifetime trade-in guarantee. It's good shit over there from Steven Singer. You can see why all the other jewelers hate the guy. Let's go to Tommy over there in Cleveland. Tommy, what's going on? Hey, boys. How are we doing today? All right. How are you? Doing good, man. Hey, so this is to, to all the Pittsburghers in the room. I'm Cleveland born and raised. Pat, you said it earlier in the weekend, on, or earlier in the week on Get Up, that if you're born in Cleveland, you're born to hate Pittsburgh and vice versa. Yep. My problem is that with a guy like Duck, a guy like Juju, a guy like James Conner, and a coach like Mike Tomlin. Boy, I, I'm having trouble hating the Steelers team. Walk me through this, boys. Ah, I know. It's probably difficult, especially like if your team, for yet again, had so many high expectations and broke your heart, and you see a guy like Doc Hodges come out of nowhere. He was living on a, on a couch there for a while. Now he has a roommate who's the University of Pittsburgh's video guy. I mean, it's a good story. He's making his rounds around Pittsburgh right now. He's a let it loose type guy. It is very hard, no matter who you are, to hate Doc Hodges in the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Juju, obviously, is Juju. He's uh, going to be the most famous NFL guy on the internet before no time here. James Conner not only defeated cancer, but he's putting on for his hometown, and he's also balling out. It's very hard to hate the Steelers. The only reason why you could possibly hate the Steelers is strictly because you hate people from Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And that would be the Cleveland people, which is very easy to do. So I I don't know what you're supposed to do, pal. I just know that if you want the AFC North to have a good representative, you got the Ravens. But if the Steelers can get hot and get in the hunt, they potentially get a wild card spot. That's insane to think about. And you also have to be a bit envious that Mike Tomlin can do all of this without Juju, without James Conner, without Ben Roethlisberger. They're able to do it with a guy who quack, 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 goes away from an FCS school, and they're able to win. As a Browns fan, you got to be like, ah, first you, Jackson, now this. I mean, what do we got to go through? It's a bit slippy. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, it's funny you mentioned that with Mike Tomlin. 
because he's doing this with practice squad guys. But our guy's wearing T-shirts he gets from his daughter, and, and man, it's just real frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, I can appreciate that, by the way. I think a lot more people are level-headed than we could imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I, I don't like what that guy tried to do. He tried to get Diggs and I to disparage our own team. Give us a reason. Give me a reason to hate this team. I don't appreciate that. Oh, you think he's trying to set you up? Turn yeah. We'll disparage our team on our own terms. We don't need you provoking. <laughs> yeah, get out of time. That was my big problem with Mason. Not only the way he throws a football, but he was just had a very hateable face and personality. We don't need that for Pittsburgh. We don't need that. We're we're already hateable enough. Hey, listen, take a walk down the south side about 3 a.m. You'll hate Pittsburgh as much as you possibly can. Downer Scour Hill. Stop by. Ri- what did you just say? Downer Scour Hill. Yeah, it's Squirrel Hill. But if you go to the casino, they'll take a couple hundo from you, too. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to hate Pittsburgh. And Doc Hodges is definitely not one of them. He's somebody you can love. I like it for the Steelers. Tomlin, by the way, doesn't get enough appreciation. Even with the wins that he's been having that have been very difficult to manage, you got people in Pittsburgh with pretty notable followings. Like, I don't like Tomlin, but I don't like Tomlin, but it's like, all right, take it easy. I hate those people. Tomlin? No, 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 no. The people that say they don't like Tomlin. Oh, I was say, I'd take geez. a bullet for that, man. I thought you were doing oh, yeah. color He's commentating for uh, the Niners. He's my second father. <laughs> Got a Callaway in Kansas. Callaway's there. Hey, how's it going, guys? What, what, Callaway's Mighty Ducks. He was the good kid, right? Conway. Conway. Yikes. Chucky. I got to hang up on you because I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, Callaway, what's up, dude? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, hope you guys had a good holiday. Definitely copping that Mary Lloyd Christmas shirt for a Christmas party Ooh, coming up. Get it soon. Anyways, get it soon. Hey, hey, uh, listen. Hey, you need to get that soon. I am not 100% sure that if you wait you much today. longer, you're going to get that for any holiday parties. Make it uh, quick. I'm on the website this second, actually, because like, I, I know they go fast. Uh, two-part question real quick. Um, what are your thoughts on the Chiefs winning in Foxborough? Um, I know like we, our defense has really picked it up lately. Um, and our offense, I mean, we have all the tools. What's it going to take for the Chiefs to beat the Pats? And who do you think personally is going to be in the Super Bowl? Great question, Callaway. Right now, I like the Seattle Seahawks because they're getting hot, but the Packers have been my pick for a long time, which can still happen. Even with Aaron Rodgers stating that, hey, I can see hole 18 right now, which, by the way, has been like, ah, he's going to retire sooner or whatever. The guy's been in the league for like 45 years. Oh, yeah. do, mm-hmm. do, do people expect him to play another 50 or whatever? He's just stating that these types of opportunities are going to uh, maybe come to a stop at some point, and we got to take advantage of it, which, by the way, might be motivating his team yep. to let them know, like, hey, this doesn't always happen. Uh, I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be playing for or be able to play for, so I think it's a motivating thing. So I'm not all the way out on the Packers, but for me, the Seahawks seem like a team that – it's going to be tough to beat, especially now that I've heard Russell Wilson mic'd up on game day. I think that's going to be a tough squad to beat, especially with the eternal optimism. They are an underdog going against the Rams on Sunday Night Football. If I were you, I would go ahead and take it out and bet on the Seahawks. So for me, I have the Seahawks in the NFC for no other reason other than I like them right now. The Packers, I think, are going to be very good. I think the Saints, obviously, are very good. The Niners are going to be difficult. But in the AFC, I got the Ravens right now, strictly because it is December 5th. And the Patriots offense has not figured it out yet. They have looked amateur. Although they have won 10 games in the last game that they lost, they were in and they played terribly. So you can never bet against the Patriots. Kansas City Chiefs have a lot of weapons, have a lot of things, but they've lost games with a lot of weapons. So I'm just not sure about them. I'm excited to see what happens in Foxborough because it's damn near impossible to win there. But the Chiefs have shown that they could do it in the past with a quarterback that wasn't as good as Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. So... Well, that being said, I have no idea. Won't bet against Tom Brady, just won't do it. Mm. But for me, I feel like the Ravens are probably the AFC 
Super Bowl representative. Least flaws. All right, I can't thank you enough for listening to the show, wherever you may be. If you're in Indianapolis, I've heard that Fox Big Noon show is going to be an indie. You know, if you want to go to bat for your boy, feel free. I feel like I try my best to deliver every single day with the boys for you guys. And if we aren't doing that, just know that we're working every single day to try to deliver better content. It's been nice to sleep at home here for four nights in a row. I do miss doing Thursday Night Football, though, with Adam Amin, Matt Hasselbeck, Molly McGrath, and the entire incredible crew. But it's been nice to sleep at home. Also, if you're a Bears fan, I'm watching the game right now. It's the second quarter. Mitchell Trubisky hasn't looked that bad. The Bears are kind of good. Ezekiel Elliott's eating a little bit. Two six and six teams battling it out. Troy Aikman looks like a stud. Joe Buck's obviously smooth as the other side of the pillow. I don't think that is an actual quote, but you get it. He's a stud. And uh, I hope you have the best weekend of your life. From myself and everybody at PMI, we can't thank you enough for joining us alongside this ride. We have no idea which direction it's going to go, but I do know that the direction of your weekend is only going to go up. Whether you're resting or partying, talking shit or chilling, I can't wait to talk to you next week. Have a good one. Cheers. Ty Schmidt, play some independent music. (laughs) 